Welcome to the past. Today I have Will with me once again. Um, we're going to be here a while. I've had a lot of stuff to get to. We have a lot to get to today. Um, so, first up, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill on Monday that will make it possible for college athletes in the state of California to get money to get paid while using their likeness and regarding jersey sales. LeBron backed it on HBO's The Shop, and Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill on LeBron's TV show. And the NCAA does not want to do business in California past 2022, I think. Um, are you surprised by the NCAA's take on this? Well, no, because that's taking money out of their pockets. And it's doing exactly what they don't want to do, which is they don't want to pay players and they just want to use them and more or less abuse them. Um, so here's, here's my thing. Uh, well, a couple things that need to be put into perspective is one, this won't go into effect in California until 2023 anyway. Number one. Number two, come that point in time, the NCAA has to make a decision, uh, about what they're going to do, whether they're just going to basically admonish all college sports teams in California and say, okay, you guys are on your own and you guys aren't part of the NCAA anymore, or they have to allow it for everybody else because other states and other players aren't going to look at it. They're, they're going to look at it and they're, they're going to say, well, if I can make money in California playing college sports, I'm going to go there because you never know what's going to happen in college sports. Even if you're a top prospect for the professional level of whatever sport you play, you never know what kind of injuries could happen or anything like that where it's you're just never the same. Um, you know, we think back recently to Nerlens Noel. He w- had a huge hype coming to Kentucky. He said he wanted to break Anthony Davis's all-time blocks record. Um, and... He had that terrible leg injury. And even though he still got drafted in the NBA, um, one, he fell down a couple of spots, if I remember correctly. Um, but more so than that, he just never appeared to be the same guy. Um, we, we've he's, never he's, seen the Nolan's Noel we thought we were going to see. We've never seen it. We haven't. And, um, I, and think about it, though. That draft, the same draft that was y- y- Okafor. Yep, Jaleel Okafor. Same thing happened. Never, we've never seen anything positive from him. Period. Um, but is that because? Question: Is it because of injuries, or were they just overrated? I mean, well, okay. So I think that, to be honest. I think Nerlens Noel was a little bit overrated because he never developed any semblance of an offensive game. Uh, but I don't think that that really matters in this situation because at the end of the day, the money that those guys brought to their schools while they were in college 
they never got a cent for that. Here's what I think people forget. Remember, Anthony Davis was on that 2012 Olympic team. And that <laughs> should have done, that should have proven to a, to the NCAA that your athletes are just as marketable as an NBA athlete, but, but depending on the school they went to. That it's not, that I, I'm not, that what I'm saying is that I don't think anyone before then thought that that was possible, that there would be another Christian Leitner type of situation. I don't think anybody thought that was possible, and I think that, now granted, he didn't play much in the Olympics, really. But he has a gold medal, and at the time, okay, that he, that he won that gold medal, he hadn't even stepped on an NBA court yet. So, so I, I think that that helps, doesn't it? I think that, that sh- the NCAA should have used that to somewhat of an advantage by saying, well, look, look, look what can happen. But they never did. Well, here's the thing is it's because the NCAA honestly doesn't care. They just don't. They, you can try to convince them that their athletes are as marketable as possible. I mean, for example, Zion Williamson. Can we even begin to imagine how much money he brought to Duke? That Duke-North Carolina game was, was one of the most expensive tickets of the year for any sport. Just think about how much money he brought to Duke by himself. And you look at the litany of other stars that Duke has had, whether that's J.J. Redick, Shane Battier, um, you know, going back, uh, like I said, Zion, even Austin Rivers when he was but, there. But let me put you this way, though. But there was a time when Duke wasn't, where those players were not trans, where they weren't doing anything at the pro level. Remember, Shane Battier and Brandon Ingram and their guys and, and J.J. Redick really weren't, really weren't what they are now. Like, they've elevated themselves. I don't think Brandon Ingram did, but I think... I think Shane Battier made himself a better player after college. Right, but but, but I, I, don't I, don't... Think, I don't think what they do in the pros really matters because, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example of somebody who absolutely flamed out in the pros, but if he had gotten paid for his college play, would have absolutely blown the doors off of whatever could be made in, in college sports is Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah, totally. Tim, if but Tim, Tim Tebow, Tebow chose that, okay? Half that was his choosing. He did not... His... Whenever you bring religion into sports, that is what happens to you. But it doesn't... What I'm saying is it doesn't matter. None, none of what he did after Florida matters. What matters Because he didn't is, do anything after Florida other than annoy people with his biblical references. And that's fine. But my, my, my point is, is that... He is somebody that brought so much money to Florida, you probably can't even quantify it at this point. Um, But the NCAA was the only people that profited off of that, and the University of Florida. He never saw a cent from from any of his accomplishments in Florida, and he's one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time. Johnny Manziel, too, because Johnny Manziel, he got suspended... For doing something that is perfectly legal. 
But it's not in the to the NCAA. He could if the NCAA didn't have those stupid rules and laws. He could have they he would have been suspended, and he probably he, and he probably wouldn't have spiraled out of control as much as he did. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he would or wouldn't have done. Well, and there's but. another NBA player, an, an, another bus there. Okay. Do you remember someone by the name of Hashim Tabit? Absolutely. He's another perfect example of what happens when you don't do anything professionally, but in college you look like a completely different person, and an athlete. And same thing goes with like Marcus Pfizer and Adam Morrison, guys who just had. Rashad McCants. I mean, there are all there are guys all over the place that we've that we've seen in the past who have not done anything at the pros. Right, but they still should have gotten paid for what they did in college because it has nothing to do with how good you are in the pros. Because to be honest, what I'm looking at is. I'm more concerned about the guys that never make it to the pros. Like, the fifth man or the sixth man on the bench of a halfway decent college basketball team, what do they get? They get absolutely nothing for all the hard work and potential injuries that that they have to um, go through. And they get nothing. And then at the end, see, because here's the thing: is I, I heard Tim Tebow's take where, oh well, you know, um, these guys are are getting paid uh, in, at the professional level or you know, uh, broadcast level and things like that. It doesn't matter because you a can't lot of those guys, wait, though. I mean, like a, a lot of those on. guys never make it that far. Tim Tebow shouldn't be so selfish to only think about his career and the fact that he was lucky enough to make it to the NFL and the fact that now he's lucky enough to be an analyst. How many Tim Tebows are there? There's not a lot. You well, may, think... may I say that Mark Sanchez is kind of like Tim Tebow? Absolutely. Because Mark Sanchez did was god-awful in the, in the pros. Now, look. <laughs> a lot of these USC quarterbacks didn't translate, and we know that. But Tim Tebow is someone who people used to joke about. I don't think people thought in the when he was in the NFL that he had any talent whatsoever. Like I don't I feel like his 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 downfall became as soon, we noticed as soon as he got drafted, as soon as he stepped out on the NFL on the NFL on the NFL field. We we realize, look, man, you don't have anything. There's nothing. You don't have anything. You don't have. You, what we saw in Florida at Florida is not who he ended up being. Yeah, that's fair. But again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you turn into in the pros, whether you're a bum or or if you're a superstar. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that he should have been getting paid all that money that he brought to Florida in the first place yeah, while yeah. he was there, and. Same thing with all these other guys. You look at Hakeem Warwick. He was a oh star God, at Syracuse. Yes. That was another one. And um, Emeka Okafor. Emeka Okafor. Shabazz Napier, who I've read about. Shabazz Napier. Derek Rose. Mario Chalmers. You look at all these guys. Rashawn now, we're, McCants. We're, and, the, and the funny thing is, all these guys that we're naming, 
at some point, even if it wasn't for very long, played at the professional level of their sport. Yeah, yeah. but they just weren't very good at it. But again, it doesn't matter though because it, it doesn't. What NCAA I'm, doesn't care. Like, what, what I'm what I'm um, thinking about is the guys that didn't make it to the NBA. Oh well. So what what happens to those guys? They they. I'll give you a, a good example. Even though he seems like he's on a de- decent uh, path to, to coaching now, um, another uh, Syracuse, uh, um, not Hall of Famer, but well-known name is a, um, Jerry, jo- McNamara. Jerry McNamara. Yeah, I think about him too. He, uh, he never made it to the pros, but he was a household name at Syracuse, yep. fan favorite. And Everybody I propose this. loved him. He, he, never, he never suffered a major injury or anything like that. But what if, what if during his playing time at Syracuse, he suffered a terrible Paul George like the Kevin like, Ware injury in the Kevin NCAA. Ware Paul oh George God. type of injury, and then was never able to play again. What would he do with his life? Nothing, because we don't. He hasn't. You don't. As a as an athlete, you don't know what it what, what it's like not to play. You have no idea. That's what you grew up with. You have no idea because you you don't have any. There's a lot of athletes don't do anything to replace it. Think about it. Remember that documentary broke? Yeah. Antron Walker was was broker and I don't know what. Um, Kurt Schilling. I mean, there are guys who once they stop playing professional sports, completely fall out of the fall flat on their face and off the face of the earth, and we never hear from them again. And that's what happened. Kurt Schilling is actually doing a conservative like talk show online. Like that, like it's ridiculous, but that's what he's doing right now. And think about it, um, Karan Butler. Okay, if he didn't play professionally and was as successful as he was, do you think anyone would remember his name? We we don't even remember half the guys on these teams who don't make it. Who don't make it? You know, um, if John Morant didn't make it, no one would care. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Like right. People and so, don't what care. what would he be doing financially? Nothing. He'd, he'd have to have like some sort of regular job doing regular things. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But the point but they is don't that, expect to have to do that. They're well, not. They're not made up that way. They don't think they have to. But but even then, that's not the point. The point is, is that they've already done something that should have earned them yeah. money, and, they and that's why they think that. That's why they think that. They think that they should have made the money. And my sister and I always argue about this because she's pro student. You know what I mean? Like, she's pro-school. She believes that you shouldn't make money for doing something in school. Because she believes that your academics should matter enough to you to the point where you shouldn't do that. And believe me, I yell at her. We we fight it out every time she's in town. And I bring that up. Because she went to a college that doesn't... We don't need to know the name because... That means nothing because no, we didn't even hear about until she was, until they sent her an acceptance letter. We had no idea what the what the what the place was. We had no, never heard of it, and that it was a Division Four school. Division Four or Division Three? I think it's Division Three. Yeah, yeah, Division Three. I think or four, whatever it is. They they can't Division Three schools can't recruit. So when we talk about this, we're not talking about Division Two or Three, and let's put it this way: I'm not talking about women's basketball. 
I'm not talking about softball. I'm not talking about soccer. I'm not talking about track and field or any of that. That is now what we're talking about when we talk about this, this type of thing. Because that does nothing for the school. Absolutely nothing. Just because ESPN has a lifetime deal and covering and, and, sh- and airing every NCAA tournament that no one watches. Does that mean that those athletes should be paid for it? I think I think it depends because there are some schools where those sports are their major sports. Um, you look at somebody like Cal State Fullerton, for example. <laughs> they are one of the baseball. best baseball programs in the country. They don't or, even have a football team. No, they, well, they don't, no. LMU but, doesn't have a football team, and I live right up the street. You know, it's it's one of those things where, I, yeah, I think I think potentially, yeah, because baseball isn't what I was referring to. There, I was talking about, well, I was talking at, like softball, women's basketball, rowing, and okay, all that. So I mean, yeah, I I absolutely do think that that there should be, um, I, I think it should be on a scale based on what your sport brings to the school because you look at a, a women's college powerhouse like Baylor or Notre Dame or UConn. Uh, those girls should absolutely get paid. I mean, because they're going at, to play professional regardless. Like they're gonna make it. Well, not all of them. Not I all. Mean, of, they actually it, because there's less teams in professional women's basketball. A lot of those women end up playing in Europe because in Europe it's actually even bigger. Yeah. So that's why I think that. Or you play in Europe in the off season. Like that's what they do. I think that the NCAA, if they ever decide to be about the situation I think that there absolutely should be a scale for every sport and depending on how much that sport brings to the college um, on a on an annual basis so like I said you know uh, for for college basketball even for women you know schools like Baylor okay we all know that Brittany Griner made it to the WNBA yeah man but how many of her teammates on those championship teams made it to the WNBA? Who knows? None. She was the <laughs> None only of them. one. <laughs> and and that's my point though is that all those other girls that weren't fortunate enough to make it, they still contributed to bringing those wins to Baylor. So they should have been compensated for that too because they were part of the team selling out those games. Yeah. So you can't and, just and, forget and, about. And them. that environment was nuts. Yeah, and at Baylor, and and it, I, to me, it matters more to get those people paid than it does to get Brittany Griner paid. I know that Brittany Griner was the face of the program at the time, but you know she's also made it to the WNBA, so she's made some money through that, as opposed to these but other let, girls that, you know, who knows what they're doing now? They probably have an office job somewhere, or they're a trainer at a at a gym or something yep. like that. And it sucks that they weren't lucky enough to make it, but they should still be compensated for what they did when they brought money to an organization. Nobody should ever be asked to perform for free. That's not the way that it should work, especially when you're literally bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars to your school and they are giving you nothing. And they're not even allowing you to go out and make some money like for example we all remember the Terrell Pryor situation at Ohio State he went and you know traded some merch for some tattoos I personally don't see anything wrong with that 
The man wanted some tattoos. He traded some autographs, some of his own autographs Because for he it. didn't have the money to pay for the tattoos. Exactly. <laughs> What's the problem? The guy signed and, and, something. And Jim Trussell has had no job since the tattoo thing. <laughs> and I don't understand what the but, problem but is. But let me ask you something. Do you think that Jim Trussell should be at fault for any of his players' doings? Do no. I don't. In situations like that, I don't think that it's ever... It should never be 100% on the coach. But, because but in you that have situation, no over what you guys are doing out there. In that situation, though, I don't think it was on any of them, to be quite honest, and here's why. Because they weren't getting the effing money. If you're not getting the money, then what you gonna do? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, for people that... Um, don't know what it's like to be a college athlete, especially for a major sport at a major school like the football program at Ohio State or some of these other top-tier programs, you know, Florida, USC, Alabama, Clemson, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a full-time job. So I I, I hate it when people say, oh, well, they can go and get a second job. No, No, they can't. can't. Actually, first of all, a lot of times the team won't allow you to go and get a job because it takes away from your practice time. But, but let me put it to you this way, though. This is where me and my sister always argue about it. And you tell me where you come down on this issue. Because it shouldn't be an issue. Do you? What do you think these guys going into college, what do you think they're aspiring to be? Are they aspiring to be teachers, mathematicians... Or they're aspiring to be NFL or NBA players. Most people that are playing college sports at a high level, even some that are in Division Two, mm. aspire to make it to the professional level of that sport. Yes. You look at there all. There we the, go. We've even had some good Division Two professional players. Jerry Rice, one of the the greatest football Sharon players of all Sharp. time, in my opinion. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Terrell Owens. Yep. Um, you know. We even have had FCS, good FCS athletes like um, Carson Wentz. Yeah. We have had... Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah, Khalil. No, no, that was FBS. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Buffalo was yeah, FBS. Buffalo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, mean, I know that because Buffalo makes it to one, one useless bowl game every year, it feels like. They make it to a useless game every year. Um, and... My sister and I always go back and forth on what are these what are they coming to school for? My argument always to her is, well, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> Until the one and done thing gets sorted out, they don't have a choice. They don't. And so uh, the, My thing is they should get paid because if you if, if you didn't have the stupid one and done rule, you probably you, you probably would have been able to get paid. So let's why can't you yeah, now? Absolutely. They would have probably gone straight to the pros and then been making their money and not have to risk you, a year of injury. Because as it sits right now, especially in college basketball with the one and done, that one year you spend in college is literally an entire year for nothing risking injury. Because I promise you, perfect example. Zion, Zion Williams' his shoe bursted out. He His shoe blew up. <laughs> he still got picked number one, but he didn't win a national title. Because so, his shoe blew up. So you got to look at it like, okay, yeah. Taco you could, Fall beat him, which shouldn't yeah, have happened. You could, you could <laughs> say, 
you you could you could say that there's some college players that they really want to win a national championship. Fine, that's all good and well. But for the guys that are shoe ins to make it to the pros, like Zion Williamson, um, you know uh, Khalil Mack when he was coming out, and Dominican Sue when he was coming out, all these guys that there's no doubt in anybody's mind they're going to make it to the pros when they declare to enter the draft of their sport. Those guys, all they're doing is risking a year of injury. Look at Leonard Fournette. He didn't yeah. even play in the bowl game because he said, for what? Why am I going to play in this bowl game and risk an injury when I already know that I'm going to make it to the pros and I'm not going to get any drafted any higher or lower because I did or didn't win a national championship? Like, really, well, think about it doesn't it. matter. Th- think about it. The national championships in, these, in basketball and football in the scheme of things, what does that do to their draft stock? Nothing. It does because, nothing. No, for because the... guess what? John Morant went number two, mm-hmm. playing for Morgan's. Am I right? Morgan State. Murray State. Mur- whatever. Murray State. The same thing. There's yep. Morgan. There's whatever. A school no one cared about. And I'm sure until they saw him, no one even knew where it was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Steph Curry and Davidson. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. Or same thing. Adam Morrison. At the time, because at the time, Gonzaga wasn't really a thing. Yeah, I think Adam Morrison was one of the first to really put Gonzaga on the map. Because But they don't him, do they anything had... when they get there. They don't do anything. They they barely made it. They made it to a championship game, was it, last year, and they got blown out. Two years ago, they got blown out. Yeah. They got blown that out. That was against uh, North Carolina. Well, yeah, because what's his name? The big dude from, was it Poland? Mm-hmm. He was god-awful. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, look at him. He's going to be, no, he's not. He's not going to be the next big thing because he can't play. But, okay, perfect example. What happened to him? No, we don't know where he is. Exactly. <laughs> but he brought a lot of money to Gonzaga yeah. during that season, selling out games at that stadium, and he should have been compensated yeah. for that. Because Same who thing knows? with Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make it anywhere, but he elevated Gonzaga, so we should. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, again, there's schools all over the place that have major programs like that. That you just look at and you're like, dang, man, those guys should be getting compensated for bringing the school a lot of money. See, and to your point, the athletes themselves, yes, they never want to lose, but the national championship does nothing for them in terms of their draft stock. As you pointed out, Zion and John Morant, neither one of them won the national championship. Uh, Actually, going back to that, None of them. Did any of the national championship winners get drafted in the top ten? I think one might have. Anybody from Virginia? Yes, I think there might have been one guy. In the top ten? Yes. I'd be very surprised. But the, the Cavaliers took him. No, the Cavs took uh, the SC kid. Oh shit! Um, 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 the Lakers drafted him, and he went to I think New Orleans or something. In no, the, deal. Uh, the Lakers took. Uh, Took the the kid uh, the kid that's a shooter. I'm gonna look this up. I'd be very surprised if anybody from no Virginia, one, no, um, no one know that Texas A&M team. I don't think any of them went in the top ten. The team that Virginia beat. That was actually a good game though. Like I'm not not saying it wasn't. I just question you know how good those those teams really were. Yeah. So you're right. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nobody in the top ten was drafted. 
uh, from Virginia. So you have a school that won a national championship. But nobody was drafted in the top ten. Nobody was drafted in the top ten. You have the top ten where none of those guys won a national championship. So the only people that really, really the championship makes a difference to is, is the school. school. Yeah. Because they make all this money, number one, for winning it. They get the bonus for winning it. And number two, it just brings more games to their school with high ticket prices. So that's why, you know, the NCAA, who is on the side of the schools, is like, no, we shouldn't pay these guys. We just have them come here and risk a year of injury playing for us, making us money so that we can keep all of it. Stop being greedy assholes. <laughs> because even if you pay college players, you guys are still going to make a boatload of money. I don't I don't understand. I really don't because so this is this is what I'm and, and I'm I'm going to put it on record I'm a huge USC fan. So am I. Um so and I'm very no, mad right now at my Trojans. They look like shit this whole this weekend. I'm very upset. Well, so here, <laughs> so here's my thing is I'm looking at this at this bill that got signed and I'm looking long term and I'm saying, "Okay, let's say that the NCAA decides to play hardball and they say, "Okay, fine. California schools, you guys are out. You are no longer part of the NCAA. You guys are your own division, whatever you guys want to do." Fine. What I maybe this is selfish blindness but if I'm a college athlete at that time, I don't want to go there. I'm I'm coming to USC yeah. and playing football because not only can I get paid to play, whereas no you know other school in the country except for another one in California is going to pay me money. <laughs> number one, number two, I'm going to a premier college program so I can uh, get ready to potentially go to the pro level. So I'll be groomed for that. I mean, it's a win-win. You yeah. get paid and you get trained to go to the <coughs> NFL. So, yeah, maybe you don't get to play for the national championship, but I think we just proved that playing for the national championship does nothing for your stock one way or the other, to be honest. Unless you're the – even then, I'm not sure that it would affect it that much, but unless you're the superstar playing in the national championship game and you absolutely shit the bed with your performance, maybe they knock a point or two off. But even then, I'm not sure that one game is – it, it, and especially in a situation like that, is enough to, you know, if you were the projected number one pick, I don't think you're going to all of a sudden drop down to number 20 because you had a bad national championship well, game. Well, you know, um, to think about it this way, okay? Adam Morrison and Steph Curry went in the top 10 at schools at the time that nobody heard of. Yep. So does it really matter? I mean, and it wasn't, and, and it wasn't like they were, at, they were at school that had a chance in hell to make it that far, right. their team just weren't any good. So, would you? What would you say? Right? I mean, look, the way that I look at professional teams and how they draft, when they find a guy that they believe is the guy, they don't they're care. Gonna take him, yeah. They don't care. <laughs> they don't. Look at the Giants and Daniel Jones. <laughs> they didn't care. They think that he's their guy. He actually looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but going into the draft. They believed he was their guy. And the I, man and played at Duke. And then, and, and that night, I looked at, I looked at, I looked, and I went, I don't know what they see because I never watched any Duke football. I mean, no one on. watches Duke football. <laughs> That's exactly my point. When a professional team um, finds a guy that they believe in, they're gonna take that guy. I mean, they just are. Yep. Whether he wins a national championship or not, 
so that's why I look at this as like, oh man, this could be really good for USC because they could just start stacking up on talent, like what we used to do before the, before we got our sanction. Exactly, we we used to do this all the time. Now, I don't. I think that what needs to happen. I think what's going to happen. I think we're the first state, and they made it start like three years after they signed it because they want other states to fall in line and do the same thing. That's the hope. Yes. Because I don't see why you. I don't see why else you would do this because you're the only state. What good does it do? Nothing. Because you can't. What stage can you compete on? Well, you can't. I mean, if if it comes to the point where no other state does this and California's on an island by itself, you what are you going to do? Have the National California Championship? Well, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, uh, there's not what enough can schools. they do? There, there's not enough schools in California to really matter. There's three schools in California that, are, that, that, that can actually do anything. There's SC, there's UCLA, and <laughs> Stanford. You know, the, there's only <laughs> those three. San Diego State doesn't really matter. Um, Kawhi and, Leonard. <laughs> It doesn't Again, matter. Yeah, they don't matter. Uh, <laughs> and that, and that's it, really. The, you know, all the other small schools here, like Poly and, and all that stuff. And LMU, they, where I live, no way. They, they don't matter for sports. Um, or at least not major, you know, college no, no, sports. No. So, I, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Battle it out with those three? SC versus UCLA versus Stanford? I mean, Jesus Christ, even I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> but... I do think that there are going to be well, other... Well, not this year, because Stanford and USC both aren't any good. <laughs> <laughs> and UCLA's worse. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do think that there are going to be some other progressive states. The same way that we saw this thing of legalizing marijuana in oh, yeah. one state, yeah. and then now, what is it, now almost half the states are, are you know legalized for marijuana. I think it takes one. It takes one powerful state. Like I, don't, I think if Delaware had done this, nobody would have cared. No one would have even noticed, a and nobody batted state, an eye. Small state, you know, right? Small state with not big programs, things like that. But when you take and a no state, and no professional team, whatsoever. right? No professional team and no backing of professional athletes. I mean, who's Delaware have that's going to back this? But when you have somebody like LeBron, who is a global icon, yeah, and he and backing he, this, he backed it, and he has made it abundantly clear that. He wants this to work because he realizes that if he was, he realizes that when he was coming up, this wasn't a problem because the one and done rule wasn't a thing. Right. But it well, he now recognizes is. the problem. It, well, and and I think it hits especially close to home because of his son. Yeah. yeah. Because if, if they don't change the one and done rule, his son is going to have to go and play college for a year. Probably Ohio State, wouldn't you say? Probably, right? Maybe, maybe not. But whatever college he goes to for that year is going to make a buttload of money yeah. just off of the fact that he's And his son isn't going to get none of it. He, no. And it's not about the fact of whether he needs the money or not because, so yeah, we know he's son. He don't need the money. But it's the <laughs> principle that you're making money for somebody else and you're not getting anything out of it. That's, that's the principle problem here. I'll give you another really good example of somebody that now has to live with something that 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 happened to them in college sports, um, that and they never got paid for any of their performance was Eric Legrand. Oh so yeah. We, so we look at him and we say, okay, here's a kid who played his heart out for Rutgers. Yes, not a major college 
uh, sports team. But nonetheless, bringing money to the university as part of the football team that was, uh, you know, playing. Yeah. He gets paralyzed in mm-hmm. a game. And I'm sure Rutgers took care of the of the financials in terms of his operation and and other things like that at that moment. Well, because they were going to get sued. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's but what happens things. 20 years from now? What he can't live a normal life anymore. And how is he going to get by with all these medical bills that are going to forever pile up on him because of all the extra care that he needs? Rutgers isn't going to say, "Oh, we'll take care of you for life." They're just not. And that, to me, isn't fair. At least if he had been getting paid something while he was at Rutgers, he could say, okay, well, it wasn't all for naught. Because really, if I'm him, I'm looking at it and I'm like, why did I play for you guys? Like, here I am. I got hurt. So obviously there's no chance of me making it to the professional level. I don't even have a chance to live a normal life anymore. And for what? I didn't get anything out of this. You guys sold my jersey you guys did all of this, you know, used me to sell tickets to games or used me and the rest of the team. But who's going to be there to help me 15, 20, 30 years from now? No one. No one from that team. No one from Rutgers. I mean, you know, and, and that's the kind of stuff that really should hit home for the NCAA As you look at situations like that. Is the NCAA going to take care of this kid? Nope. Like, we know that. What do you, you know, how can you just say, oh, too bad, so sad? What? But here's, but why do you think people like my sister do not understand what these kids go through? So, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, I think there's a disconnect between people that go to school for academia and people that go to school for athletics. People that go to school for academics... That's all they're focused on. They're focused on school and a normal job, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's what they're focused on. They don't understand the day in and the day out of an athlete, especially at a high level where you're trying to make it professionally, number one. Number two, I don't, for some reason, people that are academics, that go to school for academics to get an education, They can't fathom that somebody else would go to that school to not care about their grades, to not care about going to class. But that's why I think that the the one and done rule has to go away, so we put to bed these stupid debates on what what do you go to school for. Yes. I think the one and done rule is a bad rule. I I think that it should go this way. And maybe some people agree with me, maybe some people don't. But I honestly believe, looking at this, and having been friends with college athletes um, on a major level, I think that, one, the one-and-done rule, especially for, well, for basketball, really, should be eliminated. If If you honestly believe, as a high schooler, that you are good enough to go into the pros, you should be able to do that. However, I believe... That if you choose to go to school, you should go for a minimum of three years. That should be mandated because of the fact that what ends up happening is that you get so much turnover on these teams 
<coughs> that the coaches aren't even coaches anymore. They're basically recruiters because yep. they know that they're going to lose these guys after a year. So you go out and you try to recruit a Brandon Ingram. You try to recruit a J.J. Redick. You try to recruit a, you know, um, a uh, whoever it is, a Zion Williamson for one year, knowing that he's going to be gone. So you you have no no team to build around because you look at Duke going into next year. <laughs> you, you you lost your your star players. You lost yeah. R.J. Barrett. You lost Zion Williamson. I don't no. think Cam Reddish is a star, but who cares? But you still lost him. You lo- yeah, you for, did. for a college player, he was pretty good. Yeah, I don't um, think he'll translate in the NBA for nothing. But. Maybe, maybe not. That's yet to be seen. But, but the point is, is that Duke lost him, and now you got to basically start all over again. So I don't think that that's necessarily fair to to the coaches <coughs> in this situation um, and to the teams. I think that because football does it, I I, I think. I like the way that the NCAA does it for football, where you have to be minimum three years removed. And I get it. That's more for the physical aspect of it because, yes, no high school kid has any business going straight to the NFL. No way You're just hell. too small. You're going to get killed. Really? Yes, you will literally die. Um, because we've seen guys go into the pros now as, you know, fourth-year seniors and still almost die. But, <laughs> you know, um, I, that's why I like this three-plus-year rule. Also... What it does is it forces, if basketball did it the same way, where they said, okay, if you're going to come to college, it is your choice, but you have to be here three years, I think it also helps to protect the athletes from themselves in that the guys that don't make it to the pros, Mm -hmm. they've got three years worth of education already. Because think about it, if you're you're a one-and-done kid, right? And let's say that you declare for the NBA draft. Let's say you're T.J. Leaf. That, this is a perfect example because T.J. Leaf is probably not going to play any minutes in Indiana this year. Not very many at all. You're, well, <laughs> okay, let's take it a step further. Let's take it to somebody that doesn't get drafted at all. So let's say that you're a kid on a college team that thinks that they have a chance to go pro. You declare for the draft, so now you've given up like, your college. Oh, yours could be Benny Boatwright. There we go, Benny Boatwright. Okay, he's probably the best example we have. He was touted as being something out of high school, mm-hmm. but just like every USC basketball player, other than OJ Mayo and Demar Derozan, we never ever hear from them again. Well, you forgot the living legend, NBA champion Nick Young. Shit. Okay, whatever. <laughs> No, but yes, no, you're right. Okay, so you look at a guy like Benny Boatwright, and you say, okay, here's a guy that, that's got potential, the hype, things like that, and then you declare for the NBA draft. So by declaring officially, you've foregone the rest of your college eligibility. You don't get drafted. Now you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs and saying, damn, what do I do now? Now it's like, okay, I can go back to school but I can't be on an athletic scholarship because I've lost all my eligibility by declaring for a draft that I didn't but get. But I don't have in. money to go back in school. But I don't have $30,000 a semester to pay for USC. So what do I do? And in that year that you were there, you probably took all electives. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Matt Leinart was taking uh, uh, ballroom dancing his senior year. So, you know... Most a, a lot of these college athletes, or or what they do is they take courses. Here's what they do: you do the the North Carolina thing, where you basically just take take courses that 
it's not even on. It's not even. You don't. It's not even. You're graded, but the grades really don't matter, right? Because you don't even go into a classroom. You just go to a library and they dock you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're graded on attendance. Oh, yeah. you showed up. You get an A. Good job. Yeah. Or you know, there. To be honest, there are schools that they select your classes for you because the teachers know. Oh, he's an athlete. I'm gonna give him. Uh, you know, passing grades so that he remains eligible. Um, that but, okay, all the time, but let's and it's not let's not forget. Place. Our beloved USC hired the president who oversaw that shit, and, you know, we... Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, there's just some things you can't deny. Yeah, we messed up. Um, but that, but my, my point remains the same, which is, okay, so a lot of these guys that come in for this one and done, they basically waste that year of academics because they're not taking any productive classes. They're not taking any classes that translate into a real-world job after... Like they, ballroom dancing. Come on, guys. You can't yeah, get a they, job they, doing they that. Don't, they don't pick something that relates to a real-world job after they don't make it professionally in their sport. But if you force a guy to go to school for three years, should he decide to go to school in the first place, then you say, okay, you've got three years. After those three years, you can now declare for the draft of whatever your sport is. Fine. Or you can look at it as like, damn, I only got to stay one more year, which would make it four, and I've probably got a degree in something. So now you you can, after three years, you should have a better understanding of where you realistically lie in terms of your, your professional projection for that sport, right? So again, you look at a guy like Benny Boatwright, one year at SC... Maybe he still had some sort of delusion that he would make it to the NBA. But in three years, when you go and, and um, interview potential agents, those agents should told you be, that be able now. to tell you, you, look, man, I've watched you for three years at SC. Realistically, the whole, you don't the whole have a team shot. The team has got awful. Yeah, you, you, you'll have a better handle you know, in three, in three years of college athletics on whether you will legitimately become a professional or not. So I think that it. I, I think that that way helps everybody. One, so if in three years, you know, your agent or an uh, uh, an agent that you're thinking about hiring comes and says, "Look, to be honest, after looking at you for three years and talking to teams, no one's going to draft you." Then, as an athlete, you can say, "Man, okay, well, all I got to do is spend one more year here, and now I've got a four year degree in something, and so I can just go and get a regular job." If this professional thing so, doesn't work out, I have a question regarding regarding the um, I don't know how we would put this, but here's my question. I have heard that Coach K hung on to USA Basketball so he could get a leg up in the in the in the NBA. Do you think? Do you buy that? I don't. And the only reason I don't is because, honestly, I don't think, at this point, Coach K cares about the NBA. If he never he cared, really did, did if, he? No, he didn't. Because if he did, he would have taken an NBA job by now. Because Lord knows because that... Because everybody tried. Everybody. Every single team tried multiple times, and there is not a single job in the NBA that he could not have outside of the Spurs job. So, so my... So my um... Coach so, K could literally call any NBA team besides the Spurs today and say, I want to be your coach, and they will fire whoever they have. I would, I would never hire him, but that's another thing. Okay, so um, 
back in April. No, it wasn't April. Like March, maybe. I had George Sedano in here. And he brought and he had said that Coach K should should have been on the Lakers shortlist for the coaching job. Do you buy that that would have been ever looked into at all? Oh, I absolutely believe that the Lakers would look into Coach K. I don't think he would do it to them though. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think Coach K would take an NBA job at this point. Um, I just think he's too old to start over. And he's got such a good situation at Duke where he's literally royalty. <laughs> and he's one of the best college coaches but, of but all time. But doesn't the hiring of John Beeline tell us the age really doesn't matter anymore? <laughs> I, I'm, oh, yes, it doesn't matter to the NBA team. I think it matters to Coach K. I think he's kind of in the same position as Nick Saban where it's like where them personally, they're just looking at it as like, damn, I'm too old to start over, man. Because really, that's what you, you, you would be doing. Yeah, yeah. You would be starting your legacy over. And while there have been some older coaches that have done it, like Pete Carroll. Oh, um, Well, you know, Pete Carroll did that because, once again, we bring up the NCAA again. Pete Carroll knew that mm-hmm. USC was going in the can. Right. So he and decided he he'd want to be for the – they were going to get the death penalty. He wanted nothing to do with it. Just so happens – that the Seahawks were looking for a coach, and he left. But I think he had left before the Seahawks had fired, who was it? Um, Mike Holmgren, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good old Mike. Forgot about him. Forgot about him for years. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing is that um, I... I, if, if I'm the Lakers, I absolutely explore the possibility of Coach K, and he should have been on the short list. I assume that they, and I never heard anything about them interviewing him or even asking him, but I would have asked even if I already know the answer is I, no. I, I, what, um, I hadn't heard, but I heard that that was a, that, 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 that's one of the, that, that was, that was someone that George really wanted the Lakers to consider. Yeah, because when I asked, like I, I had, I had, the question I had asked him was, I want to say, yeah, it was, um, who would you consider? Give me some names or something like that. And his were Mike, Mark Jackson, Coach mm-hmm. K, and I want and Doc Rivers. Those were his. Those were his. Okay, so and I the fun and Tyron Lue. The funny thing is, I agree we, with we, three out of four of those. Who, who do you not agree with? Tyron Lue. Um, but here's the thing, though. Did you want Tyron Lue to come here? Because I entirely did. I am the one of the people who doesn't care whether or not you make this LeBron team or not, because you knew signing and what was going to happen, didn't you? Right. I, I I didn't. I wouldn't have a problem with him coming here. Um, I just think in terms of those other three, he would be my fourth choice. Yeah. So welcome back. Um, So we have just been talking about um, the NCAA and coaches. So... 
we're going to get back into Coach K and the Lakers a little later. Um, so I'm going to bring up the new tampering fines that the NBA has announced. First of all, do you, what do you think of tampering in general? Man, okay, here's my thing is, I think that it's really stupid for the NBA to pretend like these guys don't talk. I just, I think that that's, uh, you're basically calling me stupid for you trying to make me believe that these guys don't already talk. Like, I know that you guys are not literally, like, tracking their cell phone text messages. Like, what's to stop LeBron from, right now, texting KD saying, hey, when your next contract is up, you know, come and, and play with me in L.A.? So, so I have I have a little bit, I have something to ask about that. So, you and I got had the pleasure... Of, of doing some free agency stuff for the station this past summer. The day bef- the day after our big free agency party, I was asked to come back to the station for free agency. It was about two days. Wasn't like two days later. Yeah, it was two days later. Yeah. And I remember I had to work my other job before, so I was. I was going to my other job, and I got an alert on my phone. Now, mind you, this was like 8.30 in the morning on that. It was either Saturday or Sunday. It was like 8.30 in the morning. I think it was Saturday. And Kawhi and and Kevin Durant were already, it was leaked out they were talking. And it was already, it was only 8.30 in the morning the day before for agency. Mm-hmm. So isn't that isn't shouldn't it make it shouldn't it be clear to the NBA just how stupid this is? Yeah, but the NBA wants to seem like they are the the champion of all things fair. Well, it's like, all right, come on, dude. You just first of all, especially here in LA, you'll never live down the Chris Paul thing. Yep. Which nobody that still makes me as, mad. Yeah, you, you, that will never be deemed as the fair thing to do, number one. And number two, you guys will also, as the NBA, probably never live down the fact that you could do that to Chris Paul and that trade, but you didn't do anything with Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. That ruined or or the can NBA I go a step years. further? That you didn't do anything with the fact that the Lakers were waiting on Kawhi and and the Lakers got, I mean, the question is, they, (laughs) the whole thing of Kawhi and the Clippers was ridiculous. The Lakers were told that to wait and that something about, you know how close the Lakers were on getting Kawhi before Paul George announced to be traded? Yeah, I mean it was it was all right there. Uh, you know the the Lakers had a good. They thought they play. had him. Like I like I heard they thought they had him, and then Paul George 
asks from a, a trade for a trade from the Thunder, and here we are. Do you think that's fair? I mean, with that, I don't potentially, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it. You I'm know. not saying it's wrong, but was it right for Kawhi's camp to keep hanging on to the Lakers, knowing full well what who he wanted to play with? I mean, I don't necessarily think that has much to do with tampering. I think that that's just the Lakers being stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's hard. Okay, it's hard for me to legitimately say that they were 100% stupid because I get it. I get that you have to go for Kawhi because he can literally change the entire direction of your franchise for years to come. And he's so young you enough, age-wise, so you feel as if... So and I that detri- that double team with... Kawhi and Anthony Davis would have been absolutely dangerous. You and I both know that. That's it. Like, I, that's I, it. I get it that you have to try for that. I just, I don't know. Me personally, I don't think that they should have necessarily ignored all the other free agents in the process of waiting for that and, and basically strike out on everyone. Um, but I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it on Kawhi's end either because I mean at the end of the day when you've got to make a decision about where you're more or less going to spend the rest of your career um, and especially after what he went through with San Antonio where he just lost trust with the organization you know I can see how it would take you a while to make that decision Um, I can't to be honest I can't put any of that on Kawhi I don't. I put it on the people who were, who were advising him. That's where I put it, and the people who are telling the Lakers to wait. I don't know. I see both sides of it because I don't see how the Lakers could have not tried. Like I don't, you know, I don't. You have to go after Kawhi, no matter if you think you're going to get him or not, just because of who he is, right? And what we know him to be. We, you don't, the Lakers knew that they didn't have enough room to get another guy because they already had LeBron and Anthony Davis on top of Kawhi. They knew that. Right. They were not going to be able to do it. So they couldn't, they knew they couldn't take his trade demand because you couldn't make that work. Hell, you can't. I think that I, I would think they would be probably penalized for it because the NBA is does not want that many stars on a team, and we know that because they and because how how bad it went for Kevin Durant when he announced he went he wanted to go to Golden State four well, years ago. You know, I mean, you look at at the time, the Lakers didn't even have anything to trade. They had nobody left to trade. The only yeah. people that were on the roster was Kuzma and LeBron. <laughs> you know, and you, obviously, you well, can't trade Kuzma for a superstar. No. Um, so, really... And you can't... And, and my whole thing is... That's what I meant when I said they can't go along with it regardless. Because they don't have the... They don't have what anyone wants. They can't trade anybody. So... Tampering to me is always stupid because, in my opinion, they talk during All-Star Weekend all the time. All-Star Weekend is where all these deals, when all these things get put in their mind. 
Mm-hmm. All-Star Weekend was where KD and Kyrie started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's well-reported, and it's been widely reported everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is so important. I can't understand why 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 anyone would would be surprised with the fact that players talk agents talk like what what do you want them to do i don't well, so to be honest i don't think anybody cares except for the nba but like, that's my think, point i don't understand i don't think honestly if you ask the casual nba fan if they care if lebron is trying to recruit uh, you know, Kevin Durant on a year-to-year, uh, like, a year-round basis, they're going to say, no, I don't. Like, what's to say that right now there's they don't have a group chat that has LeBron, KD, <laughs> Kyrie, uh, you know, uh, um, Carmelo, uh, oh God, Chris Paul, please, no. you know, what's to say that those guys don't have a group chat right now just talking about, like, whatever. Whatever they're going to eat for dinner. <laughs> and then just casually, it's like, yo, how you like in Brooklyn? Oh, I don't know. It's kind of cold. Well, you know, <laughs> L.A.'s pretty warm. You should think about that. Like, what's to say that that's literally not happening right this very instant? Like, the NBA has no way to monitor the text messages of these players. No way in hell. So, Man. stop trying to, stop trying to basically insinuate that I'm dumb enough to believe you when you say that there's no tampering, that tampering is a thing, that need, people need to be punished for tampering, and that whenever you see it, you're going to punish them. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that it happens all the time. <laughs> if I was in the NBA, you bet your ass I'd be trying to recruit my friends to play with, because well, we can have a text message uh, group help. chat anyway. If I... If- if I had a, if I played in the league and I had a friend who played, if, if and I had a friend who played with the Kings, and I played for the Lakers, I go, and it would be and it was free, and I knew his contract was up, because those were public, I would say, hey, come here, we at least know what we're doing, come play here, or I would say something like that. You cannot, they. Adam Silver is a smart man, but he has this all wrong. Do you even think, my question, my question is, do you think this is him? Or do you think this is some owner saying, well, the fucking Lakers got away with it again, so you, we better make rules, we got to put some rules in place so that doesn't happen again. And he's just making the owners happy by going along with something. Absolutely. I, I, honestly, I don't, I truly believe that it was, if it was 100% up to Adam Silver, he wouldn't care. He absolutely would not give a shit. I believe that a lot of it has to do with the owners and only specific owners. I honestly, I believe that it's the small market oh, team yeah. owners. It, it's um, it's Gail Benson and um, hell, God knows who else. It's Gail Benson, Clay Bennett, all those people who feel like they got short change in free agency in years past, and they want to yes. put a stop to it. Right and here, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. But when, but when is, but when did the decisions start to become? Well, you know what? When do the decisions start to be? 
Well, though, just the weather is better in L.A. than Milwaukee. I mean, come on, like that. We we know that to be one of the deciding factors for years. It's always been like that. Yeah. And and my my sort of no one wants to play in Oklahoma City when they literally have to have a priest bless the literally. I'm not kidding. The the a priest bless the court. Yeah, I mean, like you know that's a thing, right? Have you seen that? That's a that's a real thing. Yeah. He, a chaplain goes on the court and like does a prayer, and the team the the teams stand around in a circle. That's actually a real thing. Yeah. So <laughs> my my sort of my answer to the small market owners is I didn't tell you to buy the Bucks. <laughs> I didn't tell you to buy the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, that's your fault. You wanted to buy a small market team, which is fine because somebody's got to own them. But at the end of the day, just know that your location is the same thing in buying buying real estate. You wouldn't tell any of these people to, you know, not buy a house on the beach in a prime location as opposed to a house in the middle of the inner city. Why? What's the smarter real estate uh, purchase here. Beachside Estate, <laughs> Inner City House. Ah, uh, you know I'm not. Come on, man. Like, it's pretty obvious that your Miamis, your New Yorks, your LAs, basically anything in California, Golden State, uh, you know, LA. Hell, even if San Diego had a basketball team, that'd be a better location than, uh, you know, freaking <laughs> Oklahoma City or, you know, San Antonio. Um, so, literally, unless you're a team like the Spurs, because people forget that the Spurs are honestly like a mid-market team by market size, but they get meetings with top guys that no one that no one else in their market size gets because of the way that the organization is run the history that they have the coach that they have the winning legacy that they have that's the only way that you can compete with teams like the lakers or the heat or you know uh brooklyn or new york or golden state uh, or even the Clippers. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, any of these other major teams. Sacramento is even a better place than Oklahoma City. And that's sad to say. You know, or <laughs> you look at you look at other other teams, too, that have that sort of winning legacy or that, that uh, championship pedigree like a Chicago. It's cold as balls in Chicago, <laughs> man. It really is. <laughs> it is. But... Players want to go to Chicago, and they'll they'll brave the weather because Chicago as an organization has that history. Michael Jordan played there. He won the six rings. Everybody wants to be the next Michael. They have that built but into But they're them. a shitty team right now. They are. But everybody goes through that. Every organization goes we through that. We just went period. through it. We the just... Lakers just went through it for four years, five years. Too long. Um, <laughs> you know, the Heat are kind of going through it right now. Um, but they have Jimmy Butler. They, <laughs> do, they do have Jimmy Butler. So that's why I said kind of going through it because they won't be completely terrible. But they're in that rebuilding-ish process. Um, I mean, you know, Brooklyn hasn't really ever been good uh, unless you go back to, like, New Jersey with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter. You know, um, 
Vince Carter or even Kenyon Martin, those, oh, those teams. So they, they haven't been good for a while. But nonetheless, it's still, it's still a good market. Same thing with the Knicks. They've been bad forever. But somehow, the Knicks think that they have a chance of getting anybody and everybody. Uh, they never get them. They never do. They, they never do. But the fact of the matter is, is that it seems like the Knicks have a better chance of getting anybody and everybody than Milwaukee does. Yep. Even though Milwaukee is a much better team. And do you know why? Because guys would rather live in New York where there's a major... It's the number one media market in the country as opposed to Milwaukee. What are you going to do in Milwaukee? <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's cold and no one knows where it is. <laughs> Milwaukee is not a global brand. You can literally travel to any part of the world and say the words New York and someone will have heard of it. They might not know exactly where it is other than it's in the United States, but they've seen it in a movie. They've or heard about it. Or they've it. seen they've the Thanksgiving it. parade. <laughs> yes, they've they've heard about it or seen it in some capacity. Yep. You say Milwaukee and they're going to say, bless you. <laughs> That's just how it goes. The same thing with Los Angeles and Miami. Yeah, yeah. You say Los Angeles in any part of the world, you say Miami in any part of the world, and they've either heard about it or they've seen it. Or they read about it, but they know something about it. You know, it's just how it goes. These cities are the are these markets for these players that are now getting very smart. These guys want to do stuff after basketball yep, or yep. after football. You know, they, they want to do the television thing. They want to do the commentating thing. They want to do the radio thing. <laughs> They want to do all these entertainment things because that's what they've been their whole life. Even as a professional athlete, technically you're an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. You're playing for other people's entertainment, really. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're playing for your pride and your money and your contract and, you know, the team that drafted you. But really, it's for entertainment. This isn't like a life or death thing. Like, no one dies. Even though we feel that way. We got to admit. Even though as fans, it breaks feel, our heart when you don't win, no one's literally going to die. Because you didn't win, this isn't going to war. So at the end of the day, I'm gonna. I, so so I'm going to. <laughs> I want to have a Laker discussion because I want to. I want to go. I want us to stop talking about tampering because I think we've exhausted exactly what we could really say about it because it sucks regardless, and nothing will ever happen because they keep giving it. So. I want us to bring back the dreaded Laker conversation. And I, and if you're not a Laker fan, you can turn this off right now because I'm sorry we keep bringing this up, but I have to. Okay. We are, and at the beginning of October, it's almost my birthday. So, can you believe where we are now? Let's backtrack. The Lakers were an absolute ass for the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. They couldn't play injuries basically from Christmas when they won on Christmas to the second week of April when the season was over. Yep. They were god awful, essentially. Yep. And my, Magic Johnson retired, went on first take, and called Rob Polinka a backstabber. Then. Before that, he quit. Then, the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis 
back in June, right? Was June. And they traded Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Lon and Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis. And they are my favorite to win the championship this year. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? And, and we had the whole Teron Lou debacle where they lowballed him. He got offended and didn't take it. Mm-hmm. Can you believe where we are now? Um, it, it just we're in seems a pretty like, good place so far. Not, what do you think? What do you think, Frank Vogel? Do you think he'll be? How do? What do you think we'll see out of Frank Vogel as a coach this year? I don't know, man. To be honest, I don't think we'll I th- see. I, I actually think this team is going to have to coach themselves. Be quite honest. I that's don't what need, I'm saying. I don't I think don't we'll know. see anything that's going to disprove or prove his coaching abilities one way or the other. I think he's just. Honestly, a glorified babysitter at this point. Um, Which, to be honest, that's not necessarily a bad thing because that just means you have potentially a really good team. Here's what I I don't mind. Here's why I don't mind. I I wish we could have had Toronto Lou, but here's the thing. This is why I'm okay with having a glorified babysitter as a Laker coach. Because I don't want LeBron... And his camp trying to run some dude out of town. And we run through the same song and dance once again. I would rather have it where they just play and shut up. I know here in LA that is not going to happen. Right? Because that's just not possible. In the way that in the way that the league is covered. The way that we cover it here at ESPN is not possible for that not to happen because everybody's looking for something. Everybody's looking for something to talk about. And I feel like this team is ready to surprise some people. There are some people who don't believe that what I'm saying is true fact. Okay? There are people... Who believe that I'm making this up? Um, so I taught. So I was watching the jump on Monday. Mm-hmm. Brian Windhorst. No, was it? No, no, it wasn't Monday. It was last Monday. Brian Windhorst and Jackie McMullen were on. Two of the best in the business. I know them. They're great. Um, they um, were asked. Who is better, Clippers or Lakers? And they both said Clippers as if, as if it was such a, as such that's not even a contest. As if to say that the Lakers aren't even trying. As if to say the Clippers are so much better. I disagree with that so much it's not even funny. Why do you think they brought that up? I, I actually think Brian Winhurst was a Laker hater, but, but that's just me. Love him, but he's a Laker hater. <laughs> well, so, I would say this. If, if I'm forced to play devil's advocate here, I would say that perhaps it's from the perspective that, one, defensively, you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard 
But we're not going to see uh, that until probably Thanksgiving. You know that, right? Yeah, but, you know, you don't you don't fall out of the playoffs in the first month I'm, of the season. I, I, I know that, but I just, I'm not buying into those bench players like everybody else is. I don't buy Montrezl Harrell, and I don't buy Landry Shamit. So, I mean, and Lou yeah, Williams is but, not, to me, I just don't get it. He's been around, He's he's taken the NBA tour. And okay. I don't see it but with him. One, Lou Williams is a really good six man. A six man, but that's the thing. He can't play more than twenty plus minutes a game. That's fair, but he doesn't have to on a team like this. Um so I would say This that might be the best team he's ever been on in his whole career. It definitely The Lakers is. team was probably the worst. <laughs> with um Robert Sacre and Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but so God. if I'm Looking at it from their position, I would say it's because of this. One, the game nowadays is geared a lot more towards athleticism and wings and guards. And the Clippers have the two better wings because, obviously, Anthony Davis is a big man. Yep. Um, and the game doesn't really favor big men anymore, although Anthony Davis isn't a traditional big man. so he Because he can fits. actually shoot threes. He can. But for as versatile as a big man as he is, the game still favors players like LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George, as opposed to an Anthony Davis type of guy. Um, And being that the Clippers have two of the top five in the league, and the Lakers only have one, I guess they're sort of banking on the fact that, one, okay, they basically have two guys that can individually guard LeBron James. And we we know how well Kawhi has been able to cover him in the past. Yeah, so you say that at worst, they cancel each other out. You're also saying that you don't believe that at this point in his career, LeBron, one, plays defense, and two, can play defense. Brian Windhorst has been incredibly candid when it comes to LeBron's defensive ability. And he claimed me first with defensive ability... As a wallflower. Is he, is he a wallflower? He says that every year. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm a LeBron apologist. Me too. I absolutely love LeBron. I think he is That's why I asked you this question, because I wanted you to make me feel time. better. I wanted but, you to make me feel better. But, but. He in, doesn't play defense. In the interest of fairness, the last few years, he even really, going back to Cleveland, he has not played defense. I'm not saying that he's not capable but for whatever reason, whether it's to conserve his energy or maybe he just kind of can't and he doesn't want to get embarrassed, he just has no interest in playing defense anymore. He's almost starting to look like James Harden, to be honest. I watch these games. There's no rotation on his part. And so as much as I love LeBron, in the interest of fairness, here's one of the things that really gets me mad about LeBron is that because he doesn't rotate over or because he doesn't play uh, help side defense um, and because he doesn't come and, and, and uh, crowd the lane and some of these other things that he should be doing, because he doesn't you know uh, cheat off of his man, <laughs> the primary defender will get beat and the guy will go to the basket. And if it was LeBron's responsibility to come over, he'll just kind of wipe his shirt off and you know kind of be like, okay, give me the ball on the inbound and then he'll run you know run up the court and you know, uh, run the offense, whatever. But if it was one of his teammates that got beat on a bad rotation or something else, he'll yell at them as if it's the end of the world when it's like, dude, 
two plays ago, that was your guy. You didn't come from I'll the never weak forget side to that. Help. I'll never forget how upset he was at, at J.R. Smith at that in that finals game. I will never forget that. Because what? that is because that that's a J.R. Smith, but it showed how much LeBron cared, and he knew. Here's the thing: he knew that that series was over if they didn't win that game. He knew that. I knew Absolutely. that. You did. Everybody knew that. But my point is, is that as much as I love LeBron, he's not very good at self criticism, uh, because at least on the defensive end, because again. He'll just kind of wipe his shirt off and be like, okay, inbound me the ball, and then they'll run down the court and run the offense if it, <laughs> if it was his blown rotation. But if it's a teammate's blown rotation, he will be the first one there yelling up a storm, which I'm not a fan of, dude. Like, I'm just not a fan of the way that LeBron does that, and I wish he would stop. But everybody's got their own, you know, yeah. quirks, and, and you just got to yep. accept them for who they are. Yep. Now, so that brings me back to the original point. If you are taking the position that the Clippers are better than the Lakers, you're banking on a couple things. One is that LeBron continues to play no defense because then you basically have Anthony Davis by himself. Yep. Uh, so, And that's a very fair argument to make because LeBron hasn't shown that he will play defense. Not anymore. Um, maybe he did when he first came in the league, but he didn't. He hasn't since, really. He was one of the best, if not the best, defender in the league at one point. But, yeah. I mean, you know, 17 years in, there's only so much you can do. And, and maybe he's trying to conserve his energy for the offensive end. Uh, and maybe this year, because he's giving up some offensive responsibilities, he will play some more defense. And I'd love to see that. Um, I think this is probably the best team that he's had since 16. Yeah. For I, sure. I really do. For sure. Because I could see, and I said this last time you were here with me, I said the Lakers are the Lakers and Clippers are going to make the the Western Conference Finals. That's what is going to happen. I believe so. That is that is a hundred percent going to happen, and we're going to have a ton of fun outside talking to fans this year. That's it's going to be a ton of fun because they have never been this consistently dominant and good for long periods of time in the last four years. Absolutely. Sustaining anything has been really hard for them because they've been one injury away from from shit. They're not. They're not that. They're not. They haven't been able to, you know, to be competitive for long stretches of the season. Right. Um. Now look, that Christmas Day game last year is probably the best game the Lakers played in four years. Yeah, probably. Away from Staples. Did it mean anything? No, because no, they got because LeBron and Rondo got hurt. Or didn't mean anything. Yeah. Um. So I read something on Media Day that made, and it was regards the Kings. So I read where, and I think it was reported by somebody. I forget who. One of the ESPN NBA reporters that. Luke Walton was asked at Media Day about his lawsuit against Kelly Tennant of Spectrum Sportsnet. If you don't know what happened, she accused him of sexual assault when he was his head coach, when he was the assistant coach at Golden State. She no longer works for the network, and she filed. She she accused him. Late last season. 
And when asked at media day about it, he said, we're just going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. What do you take from that? From his answer? So I, I find this really fascinating, actually. That I find this whole element really fascinating. I, I think that there's nothing to take from his answer, which I think is exactly what he wants at this point. He doesn't want a distraction, and until it becomes something bigger than it already is, he doesn't really want to talk about it, which, honestly, for him, I think is the smart move. Uh, you don't want to bring off-the-court distractions to your franchise, especially a franchise as delicate as the Kings, because <laughs> they have yet to ever... Well, that's not true. You know, those early... Vlade Divac and Chris Weber were great. But as of, you know, the last 10 years... Well, as of the last, like, 15 years, they have not been a stable franchise at all. So it's your first year as their head coach, and you have something like this, an allegation which, you know, has yet to be proven true or false. And the NBA was so... The NBA and the Kings both did a joint investigation. They couldn't find nothing. So obviously... um, Obviously, they don't find it credible, period. So, I mean, what... how does this ever get resolved? What do you What do you think will happen? I well, it really depends on if they if the prosecutors uh, through the legal system if they feel like there's enough evidence to um, pursue the case and and whether they're going to file charges or not. Obviously, no charges have been filed yet, uh, to my knowledge. So obviously, they don't feel like they have enough evidence to take it a step further than. But also, it is. here's the other thing. She doesn't work there anymore. I mean, I don't think that really matters, though. <laughs> because if if it was true, it, it wouldn't matter. You know, um, they would just say, okay, well, here's our evidence, and we're going to file the, the charges. Um, whether she works for Spectrum or not, I don't think necessarily matters one way or the other. I think that it's just from, again, from the prosecutor's perspective, they just feel like they don't, obviously at this time, have enough evidence. So I think Luke Walton's answer was kind of the only answer. It was, yeah, he it had was no right choice. The kid, no, not no choice. It was the right answer, but it was also the only answer because, you know, like I said, he it's his first year there. He doesn't want to start off on a rocky road, and the Kings are already delicate as it is in terms of some sort of um, stability with a franchise. So no need to rock the boat. Um, so you just ignore it and and do the Popovich and do the Belichick. Oh yeah. You just yep. say I'm here to talk about whoever their next opponent is, and that's all there is to it, man. Look at look at Belichick and how he answered the AB questions. <laughs> guys, got any questions about Buffalo? Any Buffalo questions? Uh, that's what he does every single time anything happens with anybody. Um, which I honestly appreciate. he even did that when when when. when when Hernandez, what the hell is his name, Hernandez? Aaron Hernandez. Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. When Aaron Hernandez, when that whole trial, when that whole thing was going on, he literally said, we're on to Cincinnati, we're on to Cincinnati. He said that the entire week because he didn't want to deal with the distraction of, you know. Yeah, which I think is the best way to go. I mean, you look at the successful coaches, and that's what they've, honestly, that's the way that they've done it. Popovich, Belichick, Saban, you know, all these great coaches, um, 
and they just say, well, we're on yep. the next opponent. Yep. That's yep. all that matters. Uh -huh. So, so I have some questions. So I'm going to randomly rapid fire you a team. Okay? And you and you and you're and you're going to tell me what your expectations are for each team. We did this with players last time, but this year this time I want to go for teams. All right. We're going to start with the East. The Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think we'll see out of them this year? Uh, I expect Eastern Conference Finals. Um, ben Simmons supposedly has a jump shot. I don't if, believe it, but... If, if it's true, they have to be the favorite in the East. Yep, totally. Totally. I don't see why not. Um... How many games over under do you think Joel Embiid will play this year? Uh, 60. Sounds about right. I think he'll play 60 games. Um, last year, they won 51 and lost 31. What do you think their win total? Um, man, okay, if I am going off the basis that Ben Simmons has a jump shot, I believe that they will win 60 games. Okay. Who do you think will be the best player on their team this year? If I am to believe that Ben Simmons has a jump shot, Ben Simmons. Okay. So I'm going... We'll be right back. All right. So now we're going to do... We're going to break it down. And we're going to talk about what to expect from every team this year, okay? So, in the last part, we talked about the 76ers. Gonna, last time, last we talked about the 76ers, and there we go. Wait a second. All right. The Milwaukee Bucks. What do you expect this year from them? Ah, uh, man. Um, I guess by default, Eastern Conference Finals, uh, because Giannis is so good, I do think that they'll be worse than last year because they lost some key players, I think, and I think that Brogdon... Uh, That's going to really matter to them. them. I think it's going to hurt them more than people think. Uh, but I just don't think that anybody else in the East really stepped up. Um, so... Eastern Conference Finals by default. Who do you think their best... We know who their best player is, right? We know who their best player is. Come on, right? That's like saying... That's like saying... Where, where is it, where are the, what's, the, what's the best place to celebrate your birthday? We know exactly the answer to that. <laughs> All right. The Indiana Pacers. Um, I think they'll make the playoffs again. Uh, what are we expecting from them this year? Like, I'm going to say... Um, First round and out. I don't think that Victor Oladipo will be all the way there yet, back from injury. I think I think he'll still be solid, but um, I, I don't think that they'll be in rhythm and flow the way that they were. The starting lineup worries me. Like, because think about it. Aside from Malcolm Brogdon 
you have well Victor Oladipo when do you think he'll be back we don't really know do I mean there isn't really anything uh, out there yeah, I, I, haven't I have seen no any. indication that would that tells me it'll be any any time soon yeah I don't have any any um, reasonable timeline right now which is why I'm saying that I don't know that he'll be back in time to fully gel with the team I and, think by the time he comes back they're either in the playoffs or they're so far out it won't even matter I think they'll be in. Yeah, I, yeah. The the East is god awful. I look at the starting lineup and it's Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren, and Miles Turner. None of other Malcolm Brogdon. None of that makes me. None of that is great, right? It's not, but you know, again, you're the East. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, who do you think um, will take the place of Victor Oladipo? The start the start to start the year. Who will come off? The, who will start off the bench this year? I have no idea. Because your because your options are, Demetas Demetia, Sabonis, Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, T.J. McConnell, T.J. Leaf, or Goga Batanze. I'm not even gonna try to say that. Um, I don't know. T.J. Leaf plays about five minutes a game, so or maybe even at that. Uh, he might. Okay, my the Miami Heat. Uh, first round and out in the playoffs. I think Jimmy Butler takes them there, but he's not good enough to win a series by himself. See, this Miami's in a really tough spot because they refuse to admit that they refuse to admit that they are. Um, they refuse to, to. They refuse to acknowledge who they are. And this Jimmy Butler signing is the is the is proof of that. You know, you signed you, you signed Jimmy Butler, but what did you get? You know, what did you get other than Myers Leonard? No, like that's nothing. Myers Leonard is very inconsistent, and there's more. He's more good than bad. So what are you gonna do? Their bench isn't that good. It's terrible. Um, I've heard tell awful things about Tyler Hero, their new rookie. Heard awful things about him. Um, and that starting lineup is just can't be excited if James Johnson has to start for you. That's not a good thing. James Johnson's he can only defend. That's it. And he can beat he can beat somebody. He can beat you up in a fight because he's a black belt. But other than that. That's about it. So, now we are at... Can you believe that um, Udonis Haslam is still in the league? I, I mean, I was shocked by that. Yeah. <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. Um, man. This is a really hard one. Because I want to believe they're good. I really do. But I just... I don't know. Because I look at this bench and I go, maybe, maybe not. That's a really tough one. I think they'll either make it or be just out of it. Um, Because... 
Kyrie's a really good player, but, but he's we just know never... he we, we know he can't play by himself. And he's essentially by himself. Yeah, he essentially is for this first year, and, and that's why he, it makes me pause because by himself he's never led a team to the playoffs, um, and the Nets aren't very good outside of him. Uh, I'm gonna say they're out, man. Barely out, but I'm gonna say they're out. Who's their best player? Oh, that's Kyrie for sure. Yeah, duh, duh. Um, that I mean that bench is I mean. The money they gave DeAndre Jordan is going to be a mystery to me because DeAndre Jordan is just not who he was with the Clippers. We 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 haven't seen a repeat of that. So what what can you expect from DeAndre Jordan? What what's the what is his ceiling now? Now that we know who he's like off away from the Clippers in Lob City, we've had we've had a year to watch that, and it's not a good it's not good. So. I mean, I just, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot, really. I just think he's got to go out there and grab 10 boards a game and, you know, get some put-back dunks and some lobs. You know, I don't expect anything that we've never seen from him before. Um, The Toronto Raptors. I'm going to say they missed the playoffs. I think this is a terrible roster. I don't even, I, I don't see where the win, where you even get wins. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that they make There's it. There's nothing here. I mean, look. I mean, hell, look what they did in free agency. You get Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and Cameron Payne on a partially guaranteed deal. So what is that? Like, what? This is I, This is more of a stopgap. This is what this is the type of roster you would put together if you said if when you didn't when you didn't when you didn't plan for the worst to happen and the worst happened you didn't they didn't plan for any of it and it just looks like they didn't and I've heard oh well they did they did no they didn't you know like look at this roster there's nothing good about it here you know I don't understand why people act like this is like this is so. Sad. This is what happens when you don't plan for it. Do you? I think that Toronto knew that Kawhi is gone. I think they knew by May that he was gone, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I think that they believed they had a chance. I believe what they thought they did, but I heard, I heard yes, um. He was going to stay up until July 4th, and then it kind of switched to maybe the Lakers, maybe the Clippers, maybe the Raptors. But it was it was, it was pretty obvious. It was Lakers 1, Clippers 2, Raptors 3, you know? That's what I got from people around here, you know, what the story was. The Orlando Magic. Nah, nothing. They're gonna miss the playoffs. They didn't do enough with the roster. They only got they only got Al Camino. and I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, you went to the playoffs for the first time in years, and that's all you bring. That's all you get. Like, why do you want to bring back him? What? Is, what? Why want to? Why want to bring back all that? No, 
it's, it's just it's, it's just a team that operates like a mom and pop plumbing company because they just don't seem to they just don't seem to um, put the effort in when it comes to acquisitions. Okay, the Charlotte Hornets. Nothing. Missed the playoffs. <laughs> well, they won 39 last year, and I'm going to say 25. So, there, that, there you go. They did exactly what we expected them to do, and which was overpay for Terry Rogier. I didn't necessarily think they were going to get Terry Rogier. I thought they were going to overpay for somebody. Um, the Detroit Pistons. Because it just, it, yeah, I don't know. I say they make it. I like Derek. They're Rose. on the fringe. They're on the fringe. They're 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 barely there. I like Derek. They got. Rose. Um, I think him and Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Blake Andre Drummond has a lot of Blob City um, DeAndre Jordan in him. He does. Like he, I feel like he's the perfect centerpiece for Blake Griffin in his career because his skill set. You need a big man in the lane. Because Blake Griffin doesn't doesn't slam dunk much anymore, so he needs somebody to pass it off to, because that that helps his that helps him. He needs someone to he needs someone to pass it off to a little bit, because he's not he's not able to consistently dunk anymore. He's kind of lost a step. The Chicago Bulls. Nothing. Missed the playoffs for sure. Their coach is the worst in the league. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you're if you're a coach and, you, and your players start a mutiny, then why are you still there? Atlanta Hawks. But I think they can make it, don't you? Like I, I could see a little a world where they make it. Cause I think the, the the East is bad enough to where that could happen. Yeah, maybe. The East is the East is bad enough, right? I mean. The East, ain't, the East ain't that good. Do I have to talk about the Knicks? Shit, I do Alright. The New York Knicks. Missed the playoffs for sure. <laughs> A weird roster, but hey. Yeah. Cavalier, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, they're missing it for sure. Yeah. They end up back in the lottery. Back in the lottery, and they're probably, you know, good Lord. I mean, hell. Oof. Jordan Clarkson is one of the worst in the league, and if that's, and if, that's if he's on your team, you ain't going nowhere. I mean, what, are, what is your take on Jordan Clarkson? Because I am a hater. Like, I don't, I don't get it. What is he? Then he's just a guy that can score points if he gets enough shots. He's just a volume shooter that needs opportunities and a lot of them to score, kind of. Um, I don't know. I think people You're being just, really kind. <laughs> I think people just kind of look at his box numbers and then they say, oh, well, this guy must be a good scorer. And then he's not really a good scorer. Um, the Washington Wizards. The worst starting five in the league. You ready for this? Ish Smith, Bradley Beal, 
CJ Miles, Rory Hotch, how do you say it? Hachimura, right? Yeah. And Thomas Bryant. Well, <laughs> as long as you got Bradley Beal, but, but I don't think worst, he's but. gonna get you enough win. I don't think you're gonna get a win enough win just with him, right? I mean, you're not. Well, I, I don't think they'll make it to the playoffs, but um, yeah. All right, all right, people. Um, because if you have Isaac Bonga and Mola Wagner on your team, you're obviously not good, right? So it's a, it, it is beyond comprehension why that would even cross anyone's mind as a good trade. Sure as hell helped the Lakers, so we thought. Um, the Lakers. We've already dug in pretty well on these dudes. Yeah, I think... We it all doesn't re- need to be said where we stand on the Lakers. Yeah, because I I am very, very high on them, and if you're not, that's your fault. But I truly believe that they're that they're that they're a championship contender. Like I don't, I don't. There's not enough of a weakness that I think will hurt them. I think what will hurt them is if LeBron decides not to play defense, and you end up having to defer to him. That's going to be a problem. Yep. But other than that, the Denver Nuggets. I would, I would like, I would, I'm so disappointed that they didn't do enough in the free agency. Like, I, I'm very disappointed because this is a team that I don't see how they come back and do exactly what they did last year. I think it's too stacked. Uh, well, I think that, one, it's hard to get guys to want to play in Denver. Um, Not everybody's Allen Iverson, but whatever. Number two, <laughs> I think that um, I think that they kind of took the opinion of it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, I mean, they made it pretty far last year. Um, so, I say they make it to the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, but I just don't think that they have enough scoring to beat uh, a good whoever. team in the league. Like that's, that's what I think. Like you got to remember, it, it well, takes. They're going to end up playing either the Lakers or the Clippers more than likely, and they're um, going to lose either one. So. so I don't think that they have enough uh, elite players because they don't have a second elite player. They only have Jokic, um, and if he's hurt, that's it. By um, the Clippers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we kind of know where they're going to uh, most likely be, which is Western Conference Finals. Um, I don't think that really needs to be said. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't get, you can't kill them for crying. Shit. Um, the Houston Rockets, which I think it's very, who I think are very intriguing because I'm not buying it. So, oh, I'm. Oh man, that's a tough one. Okay, well they're for sure gonna make the playoffs because they just have too much talent between the two guys to not make it. James Harden could take them to the playoffs by them by himself. Uh, so, 
They'll make the playoffs for sure. Uh, how far in the playoffs, man? That's a good question. I think maybe second hey, bro, round. I can't make it to your thing on Sunday. All right. But happy birthday, though, thanks, man. Thanks. Happy birthday. I'm not gonna even ask you how old you are, but you know. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Oh man, jeez, man. You're younger than me, man. <laughs> Take it easy, man. All right. Um. Yeah, I think. Ah, uh, man, I'm gonna say I'll I'll say they make it to the second round. I think that James Harden doesn't run out of gas yet. I think he runs out of gas when they get to the second round. He always runs out of gas in the second round, and it's like Jesus, James. You had, you had. See, I'm not a James Harden fan per se, so I feel like he lets his team down in the playoffs. But I mean, you can't you can't. Hurt. You can't get mad at him for you know doing what he's doing because he, he can't say it didn't work. Um, Utah, the Utah Jazz. I love this roster. I love it. Yeah, I think. Uh, they're. I think they're a a conference semifinal team. Like I, I look at them and I go, look what they did. Mike Conley. They trade for Mike Conley, which you would do that in a heartbeat. They got Boyan Bogdanovich, Ed Davis, Jeff Green, but you know who's the you know the two problems on their team are Dante Exum and Emmanuel Moody. I, I I don't I don't know how many minutes we'll see out of the two of them, but hey, I mean I don't think you need to see minutes out of them anyway. So <laughs> they're not they're, they're not they can't contribute. So they're they're a conference champion and they're a con- not a conference champion. Hell no, they're a. But I gotta watch it. They are a. Um, they are a conference semifinal team. The Lakers or Clippers are gonna are gonna beat them and that's it. The Oklahoma City Thunder. We can talk about them all day because I feel like they really they're not. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs because I just don't see it. With this team, because look what they got. Look what look look who they have. Look, their starters aren't awful if you look at it, but their rotation is terrible. Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Mike Muscala, Nolan's Noel, and and I'm not even going to pronounce the rest. They're not a playoff team, I don't think. I think they would have. I think. It, I think they're. I think. Where our the conference was too deep this year, they have to fight too hard to make it. Yeah, probably. I mean, and, and you know, he's. I just, I just don't buy. I'm just not a Thunder fan. I just not buying it. Yeah, they, they don't have them all. They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out. They're gonna fall out the league, man. Damn. Okay. The Dallas Mavericks. This is so hard. Because you can't say this is a bad team because it's really not. Like, you can't be mad at them. You know? Like, it's not an awful team. It's just they they fell off at the wrong time last year. And we finally get to see Luca and Przingas, which I cannot wait to see. What what do you think out of them? Like I, it's just so much. Like I we we haven't seen Porzingis in so long. I mean, he's a really good player, and my problem is, I'd like to put them in the playoffs, but who do you take out? You can't. 
you know you're um, gonna well, you're gonna have to take out somebody for the Lakers to get in. That's and that's the Warriors. That's Oklahoma City. Yep. So I mean, after that, I don't know that anybody else is that, gonna go out. Yeah, I don't. They're they're on the fringe. It's like they're to me. It's like watching Detroit. Dallas is them better than Detroit, but it's like watching Detroit. It's like they're good, but are they that good? Mm. I think they'll be fighting. They'll be fighting. They're for that, fighting. They they gotta be fighting. They're, they're they're gonna be fighting like the Kings. Okay, that's that's where that's where it's to me. It's the Kings where we're gonna see them fighting for the spot. The San Antonio Spurs, who I don't think make it this year. I think that's another team that could fall because I look at look at this I look at this roster and I go Really? <laughs> like the starting lineup you get you have Derek White, who I thought was the one of the worst on Team USA. I don't know why he was there. Bren Forbes, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, and Lamarcus Aldridge. What what is that? Um, I think it's a team coached by Greg Popovich, the greatest. Who can make NBA anything? Who can make? Who can make it? Who make anything? Make any? Make anything look good? So I'm not. Because they shouldn't have even made it last year. Like you know, like that shouldn't have been a playoff team last year. I'm not ready to count them out. I can't. Do that. No, I, can't. I don't want to, but it just, just I just don't know. That that's a team that's they're gonna be fighting for it. Now next, the Golden State Warriors. We can talk about them all day. Like that, there are so many unanswered questions about them. We can we can talk about them every all day, all day long. You know, because I, I just look at I think that. They make it. I think that. Play- I'm not saying they don't make it. I just don't think. I think they're going to take a huge step back. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you've lost your best player, your and and your and your third best player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I think they'll be an eighth or a seventh seed uh, because Steph Curry is really good. Uh, I don't think D'Angelo Russell is bad. Um, and I think Clay Thompson comes back towards the end of the season-ish, maybe February, early March. And that's enough to kind of ensure that they make it. And they're not a bad team. Like, it, they're not. And Steve Kerr's a really good coach. So yeah, yeah. But um, this is the year he'll actually have to coach. This yeah. is the year where you gotta coach. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's another team that's that's fighting tooth and nail to make it, but they just won't make it. They won't make it because I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who they have, and I just don't. I'm just not a fan. Andrew Wiggins never never understood it. Robert Covington, Josh Okoji. Jake Lehman, Gorgie Dang, Jordan Bell, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley. I mean, that's that's it right there, right? I mean... Yeah, not super confidence-inspiring. And we, and we have, a, and they have a new G... They have a new president of basketball operations. Gerson Rosas from the, from the Rockets, who's taken over. Yeah. I'm not a Jordan Bell fan. Jeez. Damn. Okay, so we have no, we're not there yet. The the Portland Trailblazers, who I think are very intriguing, and I think they'll make it. Yeah, I, I this is obvious. Now, 
Terry Stotts to me is now he's he's now um like a he's now every year he elevates in status as a coach to me. Like every single year. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault that they lost to the Warriors and they looked like trash. That's not his fault. No, I, I'm a Terry Stotts fan and I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. For sure. I think that they're Can't fade. Wait. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. The New Orleans Pelicans, who I think might, I don't think they'll make it because who, cause who gets to who, what's another team that goes out in order for them to have no one, no one goes out. So they won't make it. Um, do I think they'll be decent? Sure. Um, but no, they're not going to make it. I don't see that happening. Well, you know, we still got old Etwan Moore, folks. So if anyone is wondering where he is, he's still in New Orleans because they haven't found a taker yet. The Memphis Grizzlies, they have no chance in hell of making the playoffs. The Memphis Grizzlies make the playoffs. John Morant will be the MVP of the league. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Because you know, if you have, if you have if you have Solomon Hill, you know you're good for at least two injuries a year. So that that's that's the thing with him. I don't I don't see it. Okay, we're to the home stretch of our rankings. Um, Sacramento Kings. There are things about them I like. I'm not gonna. You can't fool around with them, cause they're they're they actually they have one of the better starting lineups they've had since they came in the since since we beat since the Lakers beat them in whatever year that was. Yeah, I think that that's another team that will be fighting for that eighth ninth seed, and they'll just barely be out. They'll end up being like. Tenth or eleventh in the standings. They see they barely they barely missed it. They were thirty nine and forty three last year. They barely they barely missed out. Yeah. They they only missed out because they they fell on hard times at the end of the year. Well, you know, and they had, actually they might lose a couple more games this year because they have Luke Walton, who I don't believe in at all. No, I don't either. We'll talk about him later. Um, I don't like him either. Oh, so here we go. Last but not least. The Phoenix Suns! <laughs> yeah, I think that it's over. they're going to be pretty bad. Yeah. I'm not sure that there's necessarily a team in the West that'll be worse than them. They're pretty bad. Well, hell, if, we're, if Frank Kaminsky is your acquisition and Ricky Rubio, I don't know about that. Okay, so we're going to talk about, I'm going to ask you some questions. Why don't you like Luke Walton? What are your issues? And I'll tell you mine. I just don't think he's a good coach. I I don't. In what way? Uh, well, one his his sets his offensive sets look like a high school team. <laughs> like, dude. Okay, so you run a high low and a top of the key ball screen. Yeah, and, and, and it's always and it's always shoot. But he's never had enough good enough three point shooters to maximize that. So 
Yeah. Um, so it's always you shoot. His defensive rotations are terrible. They're they never they, awful. Did you notice that there's always his rotations on defense are so bad. There's usually a guy who's right on the other side of the basket. And there's usually two over here, right? One here, one here. And normally, normally, one of them misses it, misses the rotation so bad that you basically give up a three-pointer right away. That's what they've been doing. That's what he does. Yeah, I mean, his rotations are terrible. His offensive sets are, like, elementary. <laughs> and You could have, in my private school gym, that you could have probably gotten a better team out of that. We probably could have done better rotations. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that he has a great personality to be a coach. I think he's a little bit too soft spoken. I think he's. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a. You know what I think he is? I think he's passive, and he, he is so quiet. I've never seen any energy out of him ever. Yeah, I think. And, unless, unless he's mad about a foul, he gets ejected at least ten times a year. So. But I don't <laughs> see that carrying over with his players. No. And the players the don't f- don't play hard for him at all. Yeah, I just don't see it. I think he's, and and and, and think Michael Beasley and him got into an argument. So if the two, if you get an argument, with Michael Beasley, obviously you've got some problems because Michael Beasley doesn't deserve to be taken seriously because he was the worst addition last year to last year's Laker team. So, what do you think of? We're gonna play a game. Who do you think? Are the first two coaches to be fired? I have no idea. To be honest, that that's really too broad of a question. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My mine, <laughs> mine is probably um, shit. Um. Mine's Scott Brooks with the Wizards. Okay. The the roster sucks, so he'll they'll blame it on him because they know they can't blame on the players because the players aren't good enough. Okay. The team ain't good enough. And on the in the West, Jesus. Um, that's really hard. Don't don't think. Well, there won't be one for the West. I don't think the West is bad enough. Or maybe Dwayne Casey might be another one too. Because when you hire someone like him, you expect a lot. That's a hire you make if deep down you think you're better than you are. Maybe. I think it's a little too early to fire him though. I mean, because you hadn't given him shit. Yeah, he's only been there a year. But hell, they tried that in Memphis with Der- with Der- um, what the hell was his name? David Fisdale. Yeah, see, I'm not a fan of premature firings like that. I'm just not. Uh, first of all, you should try to get the right guy the first time. <laughs> but if you don't, you, unless he proves to be absolutely incapable of doing his job, which they haven't yet, because Dwayne Casey at least got them to the playoffs. Yep. Um, unless you just prove absolutely incapable of doing your job, you've got to give a guy like three years. Um. Yeah. So I'm going to play, we're time for top 10. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, you're going to give me 10 draft busts and I'm going to give you 10. Okay. 
My number 10 is Seattle Supersonics great Robert Swift. Uh, okay. I will go Anthony Bennett. Yep. Number 9. That number 9, that is... I'm I'm number nine will be for me Hashim to beat. Um, I will go Michael Oluwa Candy. Good one, great one. Um, number eight for me is Adam Morrison. Um, I will go with... They can still be in the league, just so you know. <laughs> um, hmm. Think, uh, let me think, let me think. Hold on, give me a second here. Um, I am going to go with, let's see. I hate to do this to him, but I gotta go with Greg Oden. Yep. Me I mean, too. I feel bad because it's not his fault, but you know, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, Julian. Yeah, ye Julian. Yeah, Julian is oh, my number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's my number seven. Number six. Uh, Kwame Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine number. So we're at five, five now. Okay, mine is Stroll, Stroll Mile Swift. <laughs> um, I will go Sebastian Telfair. Perfect. Number four, I will give. I have. I will. Mine will be Nolan's Noel. Okay. All right. Cuz everybody seemed to love him. Um so that's mine. I will go with um um oh, it's, uh he got picked ahead of uh Michael Jordan. Um Sam Bowie. Yes, Sam Bowie. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Mine is number three, Darko Milicic. He was going to be my number one. <laughs> That's good. Um, let me think here. Who else is up there? Add. I gotta go with let's see who do we have man another one that I hate to do it to him 
because he actually actually hasn't even had a chance to play. But uh, Michael Porter, Jr. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the guy. Damn, just, man, he hasn't played at all. Like, I just think by default, if you haven't played, you have to be a bust because somebody picked you and you haven't played a single game yet. Do you think we'll see him on the court this year? Yeah, I'm just scared of how little we'll see him on the court. Like, what's he going to be healthy for? Like, a couple games? <laughs> um, so we're at number three now, right? Yeah. Okay. So mine is Jarrell Okafor. And everybody thought he'd be great. And I don't see it. So that's yeah. it. I'm willing to call him a bust. Well, well I, I am, because if you're picked, like, in the top five, let alone the top two, I would think you would be somewhat decent. Um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, my number two. You're going to laugh at me, but my number two are the Harrison twins. Both of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because everybody, you know, thought, you know, that they're going to be the next big thing and didn't work. Okay. All right. Um, man, one of the guys that I had so much faith in coming out of college, uh, playing at Kansas, I wanted him to win that national championship against Anthony Davis. I really did. And it pains me to say this because I'm a huge fan of his. Huh. Uh, Thomas Robinson. Oh, yeah. I love him, man. He's awesome. But, no. damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was terrible. <laughs> he went in purple and gold. He was unwatchable. Man, I wanted him to be good so bad. So bad. It just pains me. I mean... Damn. I was excited when he made it. So my number one is Marcus Pfizer. Because I had to go back really far because everybody thought he'd be the next big thing. He has once, he has not been able to be anything. He was never anything. So he's my number one. He's actually my number two. But what is your number one? Wow. Um, I know we said his name already. Oh, you said his name. But I I just can't get over how god-awful he was. And that's Darko Milicic. (laughs) Only because you look at who he was picked ahead of. And it's not like it was one guy. Because you look at Greg Oden and you're like, okay, well, you could have had Kevin Durant. And that's the one guy that you think of. Uh, it's not like Sam Bowie and you think, okay, you could have had Michael Jordan. Um, you know, um, but you look at Darko and it's like, okay, yeah, you couldn't have had LeBron because he was number one and Darko was number two. But you could have had Dwayne Wade. Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and that's just the top five. We go deeper into that draft, and I forget, but there are also some very, very talented players in that draft. Uh, In my opinion, I think it's the greatest draft class of all time. Um, 
I think it's close, but I think they are the greatest draft class of all time. You could have had any of those guys. And Who instead, was he up against? Remind us. Okay, so let me go back to that draft um, really quick. So I will bring it here, and I will tell you. Um, I will tell you who we are looking at. So that was the 2003 draft, um, and we are going with. Okay, uh, so obviously we know LeBron is off the table. But you could have had Carmelo, you could have had Chris Bosh, oh. you could have had Dwayne Wade. Uh, honestly, you what well, you could have had Chris Kamen, who was a much better player than anything Darko ever was. And <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't yeah. terrible. No, he was great. No. I would much rather have Chris Kamen over Darko. Jesus. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh, TJ Ford didn't really pan out. No. Um, neither did Kirk Heinrich, although I'd still have... Either one of those guys. Over. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, you could have had David West, who I would much rather have had over Darko Milicic. <laughs> um, let's see, who else? Um, was it? This wasn't in the bronze draft, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, he was number one. Jesus. Um, ironically enough, Luke Walton, number 32. <laughs> no wonder why LeBron didn't trust him. I'm just kidding. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but... Let's see. Uh, Mo Williams was in the same draft class. I would have I much rather had Mo Williams. Mo was great. Mo was great with the Clippers. The three-pointers were deadly. Um, Kyle Korver. Damn. Greatest, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Well, then, not now. Shit, you can't. But, you I mean, I'm saying shit. In, in, in Back then to, he was. Not you know, now. You could have had any of those guys instead of Darko because Darko was number two. <laughs> so, literally anyone not named LeBron you could have had in that draft. So that's why he's my number one. So who are some players that we are what you what you would like to see elevate themselves or just play? Like, I mean, Marco Fultz has to be on that list. We have to know if we just wasted if we just wasted our time watching him watch watching him in Wash at Washington. We have to know now. Because He's just not. I don't see it anymore with him. Do you? I, I don't. Cause he doesn't. Um, have, he doesn't have a jump shot. Doesn't have nothing. Like I don't know what you get. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I'd be more curious to know what happened to him. There should be a documentary. I swear to God. Um, He's one of the biggest mysteries in NBA history. Yeah. So outside of Markel Fultz, um, a couple players that I would be looking at is. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Because I didn't think he was great last year during the regular season. I'd like to see him really take that next step because he has to for the Jazz to be better than what they're not. They're not going to get any better because they're not going to be able to get any, anybody else. Yeah. So the, he has to be. Right now is the time. They're not going to get significantly better through free agents uh, than what they are right now. Um, and especially with a guy like Mike Conley while he's still yeah. semi-young. Um, no, not even not even semi young. You kidding? It's got to be thirty plus by now. I think you have to take advantage of that. Yep. Um, and I'd really like to see Damian Lillard step up. Um, not to say that he hasn't, but he just hasn't been able. to... I would like here. I would like to see from Dame. 
I would like to see him play decent enough in the postseason to where I want everybody else around him to play well enough so he doesn't. So he's not the only one out there, and that's yeah. what I saw last year. Everybody else froze. Like, there there yeah. was nothing. CJ McCollum played really well, but outside but outside of him, I mean, well. outside um, him, that's the problem with that whole team. There were moments last year, even in the regular season, where like, who else is here? Who yeah. else, who else is here who can take that leap? I'll tell you another guy that I really like to see step up in the playoffs is uh, James Harden. Oh uh, yeah, I would love to see. I want here's what I want to see. I want to see James Harden put up forty in a playoff game, maybe plus, because I don't. Because I feel like what happened with him, his usage rate is ridiculously high in the regular season. So come second week of April, he's gassed. That's what happened with him, because they didn't have any, they didn't have any other option. Yeah, you know you have to use him. You have to. Yep. So um, one last thing. Who do you think is going to get coach of the year this year? Wow. Uh, coach of the year. Man, that's so tough. Um, well, I don't think that it's going to be Doc Rivers. I don't think it's going to be Frank Vogel. Um, I don't think it'll be Mike Malone. Um I'm I'm gonna say Terry Stotts or Quinn Snyder. You know that's not terrible because uh, if you look at those rosters, those will at least give me a shot. Because quite frankly, it's either that or does boop does Bud get it again? No, I'm not a Brett Brown fan. I think he's a phony. But oh, one, I don't think you get it two years in a row. No, um, no, no. Two. Bre- was Brett Brown two years in a row? No, 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 no. I'm talking about um, Bud. Yeah. Bud. Okay. Um, and uh, two. I was thinking about saying Brett Brown, but I think he's a phony, are... though, right? I mean, I think he's a phony, to be honest. Well, whether he is or isn't, I think that voters would look at it and they would say, "Okay, well, Philadelphia was expected to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals because the East sucks and they're a good team." <laughs> so I don't know that. <laughs> Literally short of him, well, they don't even take playoffs into account, so it doesn't matter. But short of him winning the NBA Finals, I don't see what he could accomplish that would make voters say, "Oh, there the were people overachieved." At the end, of, after they got eliminated, there were people out there who thought that he was going to get fired. Get fired? Like there were there right. were people who believed that. Um, man, I, I don't know if. If I had to pick, I would. Oh, it's so tough. So tough. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Steve Kerr gets it. And I'm going to say Steve Kerr gets it because. I think he'll actually have to coach us here. Right. I think we'll actually see if he's actually as good as people believe or not. I think he's going to get it. And I think he's going to get it because, one, this roster's. This Warriors roster is completely decimated. They have no clay. They lost Kevin Durant. Um, they have no Iggy. 
We can't. We no, can't. No Iguodala. No Sean Livingston. Um, and but I. But I could have told you that Livingston was going to retire. I could have told you that. But right? the point is, they don't have. They don't have him. And um, Draymond Green, completely overrated. And even if you don't think he's overrated, he's a shell of what he used to be. Uh, so really, it's Steph Curry by himself with some help from D'Angelo Russell for the first for six for what the hell that's worth. But so, I'm not a D'Lo fan at all. Yeah. So that's it for this week. See you next week.